Ridiculously Happy PeopleCast. I'm Sophia Lemon, and I'm talking to Nikki today from the Ava Solution. How are you, Nikki? What's new? What's happening? I'm doing good. Um, (laughs) New for me is so definitely new for Ava. Um, I've been hiring people, which is super exciting, Uh a little bit nerve wracking. So yesterday I sent out offers um, to about 11 women um, from interviews I had over the last two months. So basically we're building our client list and I only have so many hours in a day. So um, I had some great referrals come in from contacts of mine who uh, know some women looking for similar kind of work-life balance, flexibility and have the skill set and stuff. So went through with those. I also um, did some postings and some social media groups that I'm in with for other virtual assistants. Um, so we're kind of going to set up as a bit of an agency, which will be really exciting and um, very look much looking forward to growing the team with intelligent women who want to gain and maintain that flexibility. I feel like the beginning of my career, I spent so much time working with men and I love that right now I get to work exclusively with women and it's Mm -hmm. awesome so super jazzed Mm. (laughs) sorry I I laughed at the intelligent women comment Um, (laughs) but I guess it's like a intelligent women instead of men men (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's really awesome Did you say they sent out 11 offers? Have you offered 11 people? I did. 11 people. So there a lot of them are either women that are looking to looking to just get back into the workforce from raising their kids. Their kids are now school age. Um, I think all but one are moms, which is awesome because I definitely feel like they're the world is not made for moms <laughs> and it's very hard to try and juggle. Moms tend to be the default parent. We've talked about that before. And you have to choose between family and work. And I don't think that you should have to do that. So super excited about that. Um, And there are people that are looking for like part-time hours. So someone that's available 10 to 15 hours a week and they're looking to match with a client that only needs, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week of work. So kind of a win-win for everybody. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are you finding that you're mostly working with moms as well? Or like, what are your clients like primarily? So right now I'm, I have one client that's like a larger corporation. I work with, um, a foundation. Um, so it's a little bit of everything, but met her through BNI. So that's always wonderful. Um, and actually I don't think any of my clients right now are, nope, that's a lie. I have one client that's a mom, a working mom who has a full-time job and has a side business and another side business and is getting businesses going for her kids. She is very, very busy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So she's just kind of like trying to get everything off the ground and and rolling. Um, So I do a lot of kind of odd jobs for her, which is great because it fits in for me flexibility wise. Um, But I would say four of my five clients are exclusively women and entrepreneurs, which is awesome. Yeah. Like me. Like you. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Super cool. I was thinking, I'm sure that the, if you're working with a lot of moms, I'm sure they would appreciate the mom virtual assistant. Definitely. And And I think it's understanding. Yeah. The relatable aspect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I like it. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Very exciting. <laughs> um, on my idea. end, yeah, I've been doing all that coaching stuff with Paige. Yeah. Did you get to listen to the episode with Paige? I caught snippets of it, but I haven't listened mm-hmm. to the whole thing yet. It's a good one. I'm going I'm on my list of like my hearted things to to check out when I'm next in the car by myself. I know, <laughs> Which will be Friday, but... so I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so it's a, it, it's a day in sight. I was thinking like a time when you're sitting down and can put headphones in and don't have kids going, "Mom, yeah, look at it's me." Very rare. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was really good. So I've done her six week program now, and now I've done a breakthrough awesome. with her, and mm-hmm. I'm just like a different person entirely. Good. I don't know if you've noticed anything different about me, but uh, <laughs> other than I've actually been saying straight up no to people booking just meetings amazing. outside of my available time, yes. which is great. <laughs> awesome. And in my breakthrough with Paige, she specifically asked me the question of working with people that I don't want to work with because mm-hmm. they are not the right kind of client. Um, and I was like, well, I actually have a lead right now that I just had a consultation with that I don't think is the right fit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, and she didn't really say anything about it. But obviously it was like, yeah, you should like pre-fire that person. And I did. <laughs> Good. I did. I pre-fired her. I sent her an email. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is not going to work. It went smoothly. And then the next mm-hmm. day I had my second part of my breakthrough with Paige and I said, yeah, I fired that woman. Well, I, I didn't book with didn't her. Didn't accept. Her yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and she goes, oh, and like, what did she say back? And I was like, you know what? I haven't checked. And I logged in. She opened the email. She did not respond. And I'm like, well, that's a sign. <laughs> Just as well. That is a sign. <laughs> yes. So I made the right decision. You and did. generally, life has gotten so much easier. Good. Yeah. Just by doing all of this stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. And I've been updating my pricing and I've been updating my website. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Good. It's awesome. Yay. That is awesome. That's a great way to close out the year. It. Yeah. I'm, yes, definitely. <laughs> Great way to close out of the year. Have a breakthrough. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get that clarity. We're taking a quick break. And while we do, I have a favor to ask you. Would you please take just a couple of moments to leave us a rating and a review in your podcast app of choice? Your feedback really goes a long way in helping us reach new people and also improve the podcast. So. Thanks very much, and we're back to the show. This episode is dropping on the 26th of December. Did I tell you that before we started recording? You did. Yes. Okay, good. Boxing Day. Yes. And I've been reading all of these books all year, which have all led to me having a breakthrough this year, because I will credit these books with part of the responsibility of me having a breakthrough um and i've been wanting to do like a reading list episode and i was like what better than to release it on boxing day where everyone can immediately go to amazon or their local bookstore (laughs) and buy all of them so that's what we're going to talk about today and i know you've written down some books and i did not discuss 
nope. we did not discuss how we're gonna handle this so i don't know no, if we, we should do like 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 <laughs> non-fiction and then fiction or what do we think sure yeah let's do that let's go with it okay we're gonna do non-fiction huh are we gonna start with non-fiction <laughs> or should we start with fiction maybe we should start with fiction okay let's start with fiction i don't know i don't know i don't i only have <laughs> i only have two fiction books but i could talk about the books that i really like <laughs> okay let's do that um so my two fiction books are the wolf woefield poultry collective and then republic of dirt and both of them are by susan juby and i've talked about mm -hmm. this book series of books is what is it when it's two books that's a good question Second is a sequel, but I think I don't know if there's like an actual term. I'm, I'm me neither. Tip my tongue. I don't know. Someone tell us if there is a word for, for just two books, a set of two books. Like I know what a trilogy is, but yeah, <laughs> there's got to be something. So <clears throat> basically, it starts off with this woman. I think she's in Brooklyn, and she's like super into like. Hmm, sustainability and she in, gets the call that she's inherited this farm from her mm -hmm. long lost uncle and yeah she, so she goes she's all excited she's gonna be a sustainable farmer like dream come true so she goes to the farm and finds out that it's not been producing anything it has a single sheep <laughs> and that's all that the farm has. So it starts out that way. But I, I know I've talked about this book on the show before um, because it has the four narrators. So there's the girl, there's an old farm hand, there's the guy who lives across the street who's an alcoholic, and then there's the 11 or 12 year old girl. And they each narrate a different chapter. Um, and it's just so entertaining. And I got the. Um, audiobook recently and i've been listening to it like awesome. before i go to bed it's just great it is so funny and they just find themselves in so many like absurd predicaments so yeah if you need like a light read that's funny and you know is pretty diverse reasonably um it's a good that's one. the one so it'll awesome. be in the show notes <laughs> very cool so Your i turn. looked it up and this seems obvious but a two book series is called a dual duology okay well yeah you think it sounds so obvious <laughs> i'm like duh but like who would i would never call it that i'm reading a duology no that is sad sounding um okay so my books are not upbeat and light mm. um they so one of them is one that i read back in university as part of um an american lit course that i was in and it's called falling man it's by don delilo and it's a book that now oh my goodness 12 years later 13 years later i still think about on a regular basis um <laughs> so it's about the aftermath of 9-11 and mm. it's told from this the perspective of these small kids and um i mean i was nine nine i think when 9-11 mm. hit um 
And so I think looking back memory wise, I can definitely relate to that experience. There's these kids in New York and they're just overhearing snippets of their parents' conversations of what happened. And while this is happening, there's this like art installation. I'm going to use that term very loosely um, throughout the city of this man that's just kind of hanging off of bridges by his foot like so he's looks like he's falling from all the people that okay. you know were jumping out of the towers and these kids aren't really piecing it together and they're hearing their their parents talk about it and they think they're talking about bed linen not bin laden and because kids don't okay. understand the same way and things get convoluted and grapevine so it's kind of how these these kids are in school and processing what their parents are going through um, while this is happening in the background and people are obviously like really upset about this man that's just, you know, running around New York acting like he's falling out of the Twin Towers. Um, So definitely a really poignant read for me, like for someone that was not in New York when this happened, had no one that was directly involved in that awful day it was has always been something that really stuck with me like i remember being pulled out of school Mm -hmm. and watching it on the news and i grew up in toronto so there was this big scare that toronto was gonna get hit as a big city next um so reading that in in university years later was interesting is not a big enough word to use but anyway definitely a very feeling filled book and i think he did a really great job of explaining that child perspective of this major world event that you really can't comprehend and Mm -hmm. not understanding why these adults are so worked up and so upset and what's going on there. So that's a bit of a, bit of a downer, but you know, that's life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, very, very poignant read. There are definitely Mm -hmm. some downer books that are like important or really well-written or, you know, whatever, give you a different perspective. Um, I haven't been reading those much in recent history, just because I need more up needed more uppers. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did start reading Five Little Indians, and mm-hmm. I have stopped. And that's okay. a hard read. It's about kids who have, you know, ran away from, escaped, or aged out of residential homes. Right. Um, and it's written like so modern that it it sounds like it's happening right now kind of thing like you right. can picture the way i was picturing it as i'm reading it is it's happening right Current now day. um mm-hmm. and we all know now that residential schools have existed much more recently yes. than we might have previously thought um but still it's like just wacky to like hear the things that will happen or that mm-hmm. would happen in residential schools um and then I think it d- did a very good job of giving like a perspective um, of people who experience that sort of trauma to people who have never experienced that sort of trauma. Um, mm-hmm. So I could totally see that being a really cool book to read. Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of entertaining too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There is that piece of like adding like that slight lens of humor to it to like a mm-hmm. very dark period. Yeah. So, which yeah. is which to is contrast to that do. if if you want something funny mm-hmm. <laughs> um do you know douglas adams Mm-mm. he did hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy if you have ever oh, okay. seen that movie yes and the book is hysterical and 
there are several books like i hope that they do all of the books as movies um but he did one i think he actually did this is very confusing and my brother can explain this to me so i should probably like call him for this or something be like explain how this works i feel like douglas adams wrote and i might be totally wrong so geeks can like correct me um wrote a video game and then an author wrote a story based on the video game it's called okay. I, I can't yeah called starship titanic and that book is like really easy to read really short and absolutely hysterical so if you want to laugh awesome. at something i remember like reading that book and being like dying laughing like just <laughs> dying but anyway unrelated <laughs> <laughs> What other books? <laughs> um, I also have, um, I've mentioned this one before, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dewar, Dower, not entirely sure, I don't want to mispronounce. Um, and it's based in World War II, split between Nazi-occupied um, France and Germany. And it follows the stories of this little girl in who's left Paris and gone to this small town with her father to live with her uncle to try and escape from the Nazis and not be in the middle of all the the war um and this little this small boy who was an orphan and had this knack for fixing radios who then got conscripted by the Nazis to work in their communications um and you know obviously against his will and it gives a different very different perspective in that regard on Nazi soldiers that not every single one of them, you know, believed all of these, this messaging through to their core. Some of them just truly had no choice. So it follows each of their storylines as they grow up in their teenagers. I want to say like 17, 20, something like that. Like they're still quite young. Um, and how they're each trying to just survive the next day. And it does end kind of culminate in their, their paths do eventually cross, which is very interesting. And then Netflix just picked it up as a series. So mm -hmm. if you don't want to read the book, you can watch the book. I have not watched it yet, so I cannot say whether it's real, like a very good depiction. But I always find that series usually follow closer to the book than a movie will because they have more time, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that was a I'm a historical fiction nut. So that was a really good, re really great read and a really interesting take on World War II, which is something that studying history, I always focused on a lot of. Yeah, so that's also a, a good read. Um, I think it's because it's still like was never. It's like within reach almost mm -hmm. like it's not a it's not a period of time that was, you know, 300 years ago that you really can't necessarily wrap your head around. Um, mm -hmm happening and and to try and put yourself in those shoes but something that i mean even now where, where do we we're almost in 2024 so looking to the 1940s but that's still reasonable to look at and say like at, close enough in time to be so disgusted by what happened that like this was supposed mm -hmm. to be civilized society this was not you know everyone savage and every man for themselves something to happen in a time that's very much like today's is I think that was always the draw for me. Like you can see those parallels and that similarity and scary, obviously mm -hmm. being so possible mm -hmm. and obviously still issues going on in the world today. But. 
I was actually talking to Kevin about this yesterday and I was thinking like, you know, it'd be interesting to like just be in Germany and see what like their television shows look like where like the way we grew up. Like, if there were Germans in a movie, they were were the bad bad. guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, like any Indiana Jones movie or James Bond, the Russians and the Germans, they are the worst, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I've wondered that. I'm like, do they sort of cast us as the bad guys? Yeah. Or or do they own that? Are they? Well, I mean, it's not like all of Germany was a bunch of Nazis. No. Yeah. I I would, I would. Probably expect that actually most Germans didn't really want to be participating in what was going on. So yeah, it would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Plus, I, all the Germans I've met, all the Germans I've met have been freaking lovely. So yeah, I imagine that it's like we. I'm guessing we probably have a rather skewed view of like. Oh, for sure. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> If you get where my brain is going with that. I do. Um, I, I totally get it. I, I have seen that on Netflix. I have not watched it. I have seen it there. Um, yeah. It looks yeah, like it's the, difficult. It's, I would say that's not something, I don't think that's something that I could binge. I don't even think I binged mm-hmm. the book and I am a, well, used to be before, you know, kids, binge reader. Kids. And that was like my <laughs> side note, what I love. So I went to U of T as well. And that was probably the best part one of the best parts there was that was the commute on the subway for my reading time uh, that I knew like yeah. I had 30 minutes each way, sometimes longer. I could sit, I could do my readings for class. I could read on my own. Like then I moved back to Barry and I'm like, well, I can't drive and read. That doesn't work. <laughs> like, so that, that's something that I think I read a lot more dry, riding the subway than anything else. But it's one of those books that when I finished, like when I finished it closed it and put it down and it's like, whew, holy. So yeah, definitely it hits you it's heavy for sure okay yeah so that's my my two downers sorry oh no problem (laughs) (laughs) we need some variety on this show yeah so what else you got Um, is that your two fiction those I have one more one more fiction okay. and then I have two nonfiction. Okay, so okay. my last fiction is one that I recently finished and it took me a very long time to read for a book that's only like yay big. And mm-hmm. really because I started it just before I had Addie and then I had a brand new baby and a toddler, so it didn't get read. So yeah. um Little Fires <laughs> Everywhere by Celeste New. Um and it's a Hulu show now with or was, I don't know if it's still going, with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington, who I love. Um, basically it's I would say I don't think it's too much of a downer there's obviously some mm, random kind of weird stuff that goes on Um, the premise ultimately is Reese Witherspoon's family is this very like wealthy waspy family in this like gated community planned community in I think Cleveland and Carrie Washington's character from the show is um kind of like a drifter and her and her daughter show up in town they're looking for work they're living out of their car um they end up she ends up working for um Reese Witherspoon's family as a housekeeper and her daughter goes to school with them the kids her kids and kind of how their lives intertwine you see that very stark difference between someone that grew up wealthy 
made a wealth has a wealthy husband has a, a well-off family like they're very straight laced and by the book and it's you know life is black or it's white and then this mother and daughter who have really just been doing everything they can to survive and get through to the next day um so very contrasting that way kind of really gives you how each of the other half lives um mm -hmm. so their lives intertwine there's a lot of drama that goes on there as there is with teenage kids and um you know with one family thinking that they know better than anybody else so their view is the right view always no matter what so it's um yeah there's some good drama it's interesting read i wouldn't say it's especially poignant one way or the other it's um there's some funny parts there's some like oh my god what are you doing parts and mm -hmm. i have not watched the series yet because i do not have hulu and i have time for one thing or the other not both so yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i have heard really good things about the series yeah that's good yeah that one sounds kind of fun Maybe. yeah although the people yeah. the people thinking that they know better thing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can really. Uh, mm -hmm. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right, mm -hmm. does that mean that we're getting into our nonfiction? I think so. I'm super curious what your nonfiction is, but I don't want you to t do all of the talking, so I'm going to... Okay. <laughs> Jump on in. I'll do a couple books, and then we'll come, cool. we'll come back to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sounds good. For some of these, I wrote some extensive notes because I've been so okay. nerdy about them. <clears throat> so we're starting with Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Br Greg McCowan. I'm not going to be able to pronounce all these people's names. That was the easiest one. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, we've definitely talked about this book before. Because <clears throat> this is the guy who starts the book out by talking about priorities. Um, yes. So what is your actual number one priority? Um, so the theme of our first season was very much like less is more kind of yep. thing. Um, and that's really what he gets into with this book. So priority is a singular term. I guess it was first found in the English language in the 1400s, which. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then for 500 years, it was a singular term. Yeah. Um, until today. <laughs> and then we say priorities, priorities completely screw up what the word flippin' means and uh, overwhelm. Do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all overwhelm ourselves with uh, choices, which is mm -hmm. great. Um, so. And maybe you find this when you're talking to your clients, even I definitely do like talking, especially personal branding clients. Like, what do you mm -hmm. want to say with your photos? It's like everything. Like, what's your target market? Everyone. Everyone. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and it's super easy to come up with like a really long list of things that are important to you or that are your priorities. Um, yeah. And it might be really hard if you had to pick like just one thing yeah. that was your priority. But they are there. Um, so if you want to hear a little bit more about that one, we do go into depth about that one in episode mm -hmm. seven, which is about priority management and family. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's that book. Oh, 
the next one, The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness, and Healing in a Toxic Culture by, mm. and I definitely can't pronounce this guy's name, Gaber Matei. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. I'm going to definitely add that one to my list. It's a long book. Yeah. And it's very good. <laughs> good. Um, okay, in my notes here, I have to like catch up because I wrote these notes a little bit a little while ago. So mm-hmm. I'm just like glancing over and trying to remember what in the heck <laughs> they are talking about. Okay, so the Cleveland Clinic in the 1990s, apparently nurses could always, sorry, almost always predict if a patient had ALS based entirely on how nice those people were. Wow. Um, yeah. And okay, so that's pretty wild, right? But yeah, apparently we're finding today that research is suggesting that there's like links between anger suppression and breast cancer, even. Wow. So he talks about the book. It's about trauma and how to heal from trauma, which in his words is to look back in time at the things that have happened in your life and find out what events actually led to you having these behaviors like drug addiction, like anger suppression, like procrastination, like perfectionism, like just whatever it is that's keeping you from living well um, Mm -hmm. is always tied to an event in your past that left a mark, a mark being the trauma. Um, And it's, it's really good. He starts out the book by, yeah, he starts out the book by talking about how trauma, um, Oh, I have it here in my notes. <laughs> um, trauma is not the thing that happens, but the resulting injury specifically to your mind. So yeah. if I stubbed my toe, I could be traumatized by the, that event. I probably won't be, yeah. but this is a good example because I could be. And um, trauma for one person can be completely different from trauma for someone else. So for sure. there's all sorts of people who have all sorts of behaviors that impact how they walk through life every day, but they don't understand that they have those behaviors as a result of their parents fighting when they were 15 and then getting divorced and then their parents talking badly about each other, you know, for years. And, you know, (laughs) they, they think, well, I'm over it. I'm past it. I've grown up. It doesn't bother me anymore. I tell them to shut up when they're complaining about each other, but you still, I mean, yeah, you still carry it around and, and what you do and maybe like, a, you know, a little bit of fighting and a little bit of comments from your parents about each other. Maybe that caused you to develop some behaviors to help yourself avoid those feelings in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I did make it out like society definitely downplays things like parents arguing, like buck up, move on. We repress yeah. a lot of emotions. Um yeah. So we stuff all these feelings down, then we try to cover them up <laughs> rather than actually dealing with them. This is, all of this is the same as what like Paige does. So if what you're hearing from the description of this book is like, oh my god, I experienced some of that in my life, go talk to Paige because she can. Yeah. This is what she does. Um, so it Very can cool. r- result in like depression, anxiety, addiction, like anything. There, 
what they're suggesting now is like it can result in cancer. Certainly, I would imagine high blood pressure, diabetes, certainly like you're going to keep eating and eating and eating to cover Mm up how you're feeling inside. So diabetes. Um, And there's all sorts of anecdotal evidence that I mean, I'm a big fan of anecdotal evidence. I love studies as well. But holy damn, some of the stories um, in this book, like there were women who were I think there was one woman who had like four kids or something and like a couple of her births, I don't know, were traumatic. She had a C-section for her last birth. Basically, the doctors told her you can never get pregnant again because it's going to be terrible. You're going to have to have a C-section. It's going to be bad for you. It's probably going to kill you. The baby's not going to survive like that sort of stuff. They were just telling her how it has to be done. And she didn't she just wasn't accepting that. And she did you know, some work to heal herself and everything and ended up having more children mm-hmm. vaginally. So she did not yeah. have to have C-sections. So a lot of, he, he does end up talking a lot about like how doctors will dismiss women, women's health, and especially women of color, um, mm-hmm. their health. And yeah, it's it's really good. Um, and the stories are amazing. There's some amazing um, stories of um, celebrities in there even. So that's always really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That sounds really, okay. really neat. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. I really, really, really like that book. Um, mm-hmm. But it is long. <laughs> <laughs> Chip away at it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll get... I'll do one more and then we'll come okay. back to you first. So Sounds this good. is another one I've talked about on the show a few times. So Buddha's brain, the yes. practical neuroscience of happiness, love, and wisdom <clears throat> by Rick Hansen, PhD. Um, and I think there's a couple other authors on this one. <laughs> um, so I think I've mentioned that I've been like really connecting with like Buddhism these days Um, I'm not going to be Buddhist, but like, I really like listening to um, the Dalai Lama and people talk about the Dalai Mm -hmm. Lama and Matthew Ricard and reading all of this stuff because it's just, it's almost like just reading on repeat. Like you don't have to be affected by stuff. Yeah. Um, And I'm definitely one of those people who has been like, but I feel it. Therefore it is. (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) And just reading these books, it's sort of slowly I've clued into the fact like no actually I don't have to actually feel anything when someone (laughs) cuts me off in traffic yeah yeah so this book goes into the science of how we let our feelings control everything and basically we are going to blame everything on the amygdala because the amygdala ruins everything so the amygdala is the part of the brain that is like your first response so Mm -hmm. lion jumps out you go ha you kick it in the face and then you run away (laughs) (laughs) and then it looks stunned and it no i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) fight or flight Um, well yeah exactly fight or flight Mm -hmm. which is great when there are lions but not so great when you live like in a city or in the modern world where you probably are not going to come across many lions no and frankly the last time i came across a bear even it was like turn around walk away like i freaked out less about running into a bear than i freak out about someone cutting me off in traffic (laughs) oh 
that tells you something about the amygdala. Um, <laughs> so it'll react first before our rational brain has a yeah. chance to talk us down. Um, yeah, I mean, great, but not necessary and can cause us a lot of trouble because, like, if you feel stressed for that short period of time while you're getting away from the lion, then that was effective. But if you remain yeah. stressed for the rest of your life, that's not, not effective. effective. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, most of the people listening to this are probably aware that we are hypersensitive to pretty much everything these days. So have a read over this book. It gives lots of um, scientific stuff. So you can kind of be like, oh, okay. So I get it. I get how this is working. And then in the future, you can go, like, when something stressful happens, you can sort of interrupt um, what it's doing. Yeah. And they kind of get into a lot of it as, like, ancient recommendations. Like, they talk about the science of, like, breathing. Like, mm -hmm. exhaling for a longer period of time calms your brain down. It changes mm -hmm. the chemical makeup of your body. Just mm -hmm. breathing differently. So if a parent has ever said to you, just breathe, and you've gone, shut up, or whatever, <laughs> when you've been upset, they were actually right. Mm -hmm. Science says they were right. So, yeah, it has some great ways to sort of chill yourself out. Awesome. Extend positive things as much as you can. So mm -hmm. if there's something good happening, like really sit there and like really feel it. Apparently that's mm -hmm. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So read that book. Okay. That's awesome. You're I do want to read that book because that's like so going into the new year. I just, my goal. So I have high blood pressure in every pregnancy. And this one is starting earlier because I'm also working and working, taking care of two kids yeah. at the same time. So my nurse keeps laughing at me because I'm like, how is it today? And she's like, oh, well, you know, all things considered, it's not bad. And it's like red line. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, OK, we'll take it. That's fine. You're not worried. I'm not worried. But obviously holiday season and stresses get high with everybody. Yeah. And my family, as much as we all love each other, can be very dramatic a lot of the time <laughs> and I tend to overly involve myself in the drama because I'm that person that's like wait a minute you can't do that that's not okay you can't <laughs> talk to someone like that we're gonna like go a little bit off the rails especially when I'm pregnant and the side note is that my brother thinks it's hilarious and loves when I'm pregnant because I just don't care anymore so I just tell everybody like it is so my goal <laughs> this month particularly and heading into the new year is to not worry about anybody else and just protect my own peace mm -hmm. and one for my high blood pressure and two because I just no longer have the energy to deal with everyone else's bullshit <laughs> is yeah. really what it comes down to so my focus is very much doesn't matter let it go move on with your day so yeah I'm trying very hard your brother is going to be so disappointed when he's trying to get you going and you just get up and walk out of the room just to take a few <laughs> breaths. He's going to be like, what is happening? Because normally, too, like, I'll tend to be like, oh, you know, like, let's, like, I tr I insert myself to also try and calm everything down. I'll be like, you know, so-and-so said this and that's not okay. And, you know, you should be doing this and they should be doing this. And let's just all, you know, why are we getting so worked up and then I'm you know the bad guy because I've involved myself and I've taken a side right so this time I'm like 
don't fucking care. Like, do it. Don't do it. Leave me out of it. Don't call me. You can shut up and you can shut up and you can shut up too. Thanks so much. <laughs> so, yeah, he, I just, I don't care anymore. So that's been fun <laughs> to deal with. But so that's my side note about being pregnant and having an attitude. <laughs> So I have to write this down. You can <laughs> shut up, and you can shut up, <laughs> and you too. While we're at it, yeah, exactly. Oh, so I've got. We have one more family gathering before Christmas, and it's on Christmas Eve. So my goal is just to get through that. And this time, it's my husband's family. So my goal is to get through the day or the morning, however long we're there, and just come home and make dinner and cookies for Santa and chill and enjoy my kids and have a great day that's my goal that's all i'm trying to get through too and that's it that's it for christmas (laughs) shenanigans yeah we did my family beginning of the month we do my husband's family christmas eve which i think this is gonna be the last year that we're doing christmas eve because i then have to come we do like our big dinner as a family on christmas eve um and i don't want to be out all day and then come home and cook a big dinner oh really yeah wild right isn't that so crazy (laughs) so it's like they can have i love how women become moms and that it's like we do all the cooking yeah i'm like i'm I'm done i'm not one of those people (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so true though and like i love cooking i have no problem with that i'm a significantly better cook than my husband so i don't necessarily want him to cook yeah i got you Christmas Eve dinner and Christmas Day we like hors d'oeuvre and snack and like we -hmm. don't want to be bothered with much so that's totally fine but I'm like I don't want to stress all morning Mm -hmm. being with people and then come home and have to stress cook a big meal and then stress bake cookies for Santa and then stress set up gifts for the kids and then the whole to sleep for three hours just to wake up at the crack of dawn or before because it's winter time and we live in Ontario and have to be exhausted and not be able to enjoy my holidays the mm-hmm. way I want to enjoy my holidays so I'm making it clear the last year and after that you can have us on the 23rd or call me after boxing day and that's about it <laughs> so <sighs> I, have, I have a question is this baby dancing yes. on your bladder yet oh yes like yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah i like don't sleep anymore either because i have very bad pregnancy insomnia and then last night i was trying to sit and watch miracle on 34th street the og one and i'm like doing one of these my husband's like what are you doing i'm like he's like using my kidney as a punching bag and it's like you can't feel it on the outside it's just like inside my body vibrating and i'm like this is the worst part right here the outside kicks are like oh that's so cute look at that little foot and i'm like no this part's not nice (laughs) i'm surprised they haven't like seen um an animation of like inside a womb and like a fetus like just just going crazy tried to like roll itself over and like using your bladder like 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 hold on (laughs) (laughs) oh that's what it feels like yeah oh that'd be good not great but yeah it'd be a good video but not it would be a good video not great for the for the woman in question There's been some funny ones while I've had ultrasounds of like just flipping Uh over and doing backflips and swinging all kinds of limbs everywhere. So, so I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. That's what I, that's what I feel inside. So (laughs) that's so funny because that picture that Mm -hmm. you posted 
And someone said, oh, my God, it looks like they have a fork. And then I was yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a spork. <laughs> it did. I'm like, you're in. Already you know, Yeah. <laughs> you know that kid's coming out like, give me all the food. Hungry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so true. You yeah, might give your husband a run for his money. I don't know how much he eats, but it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna gonna be shopping every other day. I think with these ones. <laughs> yep. So, what funny. books do you have for nonfiction? Okay, so my top of my list is Becoming by Michelle Obama. <clears throat> I'm a big Obama fan. Michelle and I read Brock. that. It's yes. super super good, and then she has um she put out a journal that kind of goes along with it, just in doesn't like match, but in terms of tracking your own journey, um, and it was just really interesting to get a, a look at her life. I mean, I know about the Obamas, but I don't know you know nitty gritty bits, but to see kind of how she worked her way up in the world and how hard she fought to be the best person that she could mm-hmm. be like just truly to be a good person and i'm i've seen countless interviews and i think she kind of tends to this one line that she says i've heard multiple times and it's you know when they when they go low you go high and when they go high you mm-hmm. go higher and it's just mm-hmm. that that push to always be the bigger person and i think that relates kind of to the the buddha brain one mm-hmm. with like just because someone wants to attack you doesn't mean you have to stoop to their level just because somebody wants to tear you apart that's that says about that all that does is say something poor about them and isn't necessarily depicting your character and your self-worth. Um, so that was definitely a strong theme throughout that book and just very inspiring in how hard they both worked and how much they supported each other so they could both <laughs> meet their goals. So from a relationship standpoint, from a professional standpoint, from a personal standpoint, um, I mean, I I love them. So it was just, <laughs> it was a it was a great read for me to have that really interesting in depth look at what a great person she is and how hard she works works to spread that work ethic and that happiness and that joy and encouraging all people and all children, but specifically children of color, that you can overcome that obstacle and doesn't even have to necessarily be an obstacle you can be more than what other people think you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good i like yeah. that one i i did not know that obama was a lawyer yeah um, so when she's like talking about that this young guy showing up at the office and i'm like oh he was a troublemaker i just had a feeling i'm like <laughs> i have a feeling that he was a troublemaker when he was younger it's just yes. i feel like he has this smirk yeah, that like double may care grin. Yeah, and you just know on the inside he's thinking, I could really be a pain in the butt right now. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Yeah, because people I'm will rip me apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, so funny. that's a good one. Okay, that I, is a good one. I got the audiobook of that, so she reads it. Oh, cool. So that was it. Was neat. It's really yeah. interesting to hear about their family i betcha that you know her childhood was very different from a lot of people who have lived in the white house so absolutely yeah without a a cool one too Mm -hmm. to list okay what else you got so my other one is what i know for sure by oprah winfrey and i think i've mentioned this one in the past and it's more um it sort of varies between like 
semi-autobiography. I mean, it's, it's a very short book compared to other books that she's put out. Um, it touches on her past experiences in her life and basically things that she's just learned along her journey that she's found to resonate and make a difference in her life. She talks about keeping a gratitude journal and mm-hmm. on those days when you are really struggling to get out of bed or to see the point, what are five things that you were grateful for? And they can be the smallest of things. Today I had eggs for breakfast or it can be this huge thing. You know, I got the promotion at work or I got married or I whatever your milestone is it doesn't have to be ginormous it doesn't have to be tiny it can be just anything that's going on in your day that makes you feel grateful to be present and that's her way of bringing herself back into the moment and realizing that there's so much more going on around her than Um, you can necessarily see when you're having those bad days and at face value. So, and then she touches on kind of where she came from and she obviously has a very interesting and tragic life. So Mm -hmm. she talks about that kind of briefly and you learn a little bit of how she has grown and healed her own trauma, um, as she's worked her way through her celebrity and fame and, and -hmm. all that. So it was just, I mean who doesn't like Oprah, right? But <laughs> but uh, very neat to look at it from that perspective. Like it was a very down to earth read. Like you were just kind mm-hmm. of having a conversation with the woman mm-hmm. that lives next door. So that was really cool. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do you have more nonfiction books? That was it for me. I'm looking at my shelves and they're mostly textbooks right now, so... Well, from that one then, I'm going to go right to Finding the Mother Tree by Suzanne Simard. And if you have watched the Fantastic Fungi um, documentary on Netflix, which you should, um, she's in it. Pretty close to the beginning. So she's done all sorts of scientific studies in B.C., Mm on and in the states actually i think um on her studies have been based on figuring out how to make trees grow the best um in like the logging country so she comes from a logging family um she worked in logging and she sort of started observing trees and where sat like baby trees were growing well where they weren't growing well um became a scientist started studying them and basically what she's found is that trees communicate with each other and with different species and they can recognize their own babies and they can pass nutrients between themselves and their babies and other trees of the same species and other trees of not the same species And basically what she was finding was it's a bad idea to clear cut a forest and knock everything down and then try to grow trees. It's not going to work so well because they need to communicate with each other via mycelium, which is fungus. Um, They connect trees underground, um, like with root systems. Um, And they can connect like basically an entire forest. That's very Um, cool. Yeah, and, like, pass friggin' water to each other and nitrogen Mm -hmm. and all sorts of, like, nutrients and stuff. That blew my mind. Mm -hmm. She also um, is kind of, like, 
um, autobiographical as well. So it talks about her childhood growing up, meeting her the father of her children, um, having children, um, getting cancer, mm-hmm. getting a divorce, meeting her life partner, like all of it side by side mm-hmm. with... Um, all of the tree research. So that's just a mm-hmm. fascinating one. I dare vegans to read it. Because if you walk away from reading this book or watching Fantastic Fungi, thinking that plants are not intelligent, then you have missed something. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, if vegans start reading this stuff, they should really stop eating food. <laughs> 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 I feel kind of guilty anytime I I don't want to do anything to trees anymore I just want to let them grow and I don't want to mm-hmm. touch them they can just be there and do their thing yeah <clears throat> another one that I've mentioned on the show is Dance of Anger A Woman's Guide mm-hmm. to Changing the Patterns of Intimate Relationships by Harriet Lerner so yeah it translates really well mm-hmm. to I don't, I shouldn't say modern times. That's awful. It's not an ancient book, (laughs) but it translates well. So read it. Awesome. Um, And basically what it boils down to is um, you are responsible for your feelings and your feelings only. Mm -hmm. So like other people getting angry with you, not your problem. Yep. Um, You being angry with someone else, that is your problem. So Mm -hmm. you being angry at someone for something they did, you can tell them what they did and what they can do instead in the future. Yep. But if they don't want to do that thing, then you're out of luck because you cannot force people to behave in any particular way. No. So it's very good for like, okay, here's how you communicate, how you're feeling about something and what you would like instead. And if that person is not willing to do those things, well, then how do I make myself feel okay so one of the examples was this woman who was unhappy with her husband not getting stuff done in the house mm-hmm. and basically okay if you're not going to do it i'm going to hire a handyman yep you know um it can be very basic stuff or very like not basic stuff like there was um a guy who had a friendship with someone at his job and the wife felt uncomfortable with it and the advice was like, well, talk to him about it, you know, like if you're, yeah. And basically it was like, if you're not, or I, she wasn't happy with the relationship. Um, he was unwilling to change it. So she's like, well, we need time apart. Mm-hmm. They separated or living in separate spaces. And he was like dating this other woman and like married her. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a sign. That's where sure. that was going. Yeah. That's a great um, prelude yeah. to like setting boundaries. Absolutely. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it fits in a lot with the stuff that like I've been doing with Paige, which is awesome. Like I said it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, what else is in my notes here? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like long notes. <laughs> I'm like, no, I think I covered all of it. Pretty much. Cool. <laughs> um what other books do I have in here? Okay. The four hour work week. Um, I really recommend people read this one. 
this year if you haven't already. So the four-hour work week, the subtitle is Escape 9 to 5, Live Anywhere, Join the New Rich by Timothy Ferris. Mm. And I don't really care about the being rich part, but certainly not doing things that you don't need to do. Yeah. Allowing you to do the things that you want to do. <clears throat> that shit's pretty important. Um, the book is kind of meant for nine to fivers, but it's good for everyone because there's strategies that you can use, um, mm -hmm. whether you work in an office or not. But the lessons that stand out for me in this particular book is like, if you were to do fewer meetings at work, would you get more work done? Like, how many meetings are you doing that are actually necessary? Yeah. Probably not many. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. One of the uh, one of the things I highlighted here, productivity hacks include hiring a virtual assistant. This is, and you know what? <laughs> I've talked about this before, but I'm just talking about it again. Because, yes, hire a virtual assistant to do the things that you don't need to do. Because, like, <clears throat> do, yeah. Okay, I have seen too many people in businesses like mine, where it's like a sole proprietorship. You know, you yeah. do the job. And you start the business, you start doing the bookkeeping, the, all of the marketing and everything. People will hire other technicians. So in my case, that would be like me hiring another photographer. Yeah. Rather than hiring someone like yourself who can handle the things that I literally am not required to do. Like, yeah, I don't have to answer my emails. Um, so... Or make phone calls. I really hate making phone calls. Thank goodness you make phone calls for me. <laughs> but like, if I were to hire another photographer, I would be creating more work for myself because there'd be more bookkeeping yeah. to do, more emails yeah. to do, more phone calls to make. More clients. <clears throat> yep. And so I would create more work for myself. But if I hire a virtual assistant, then I'm reducing the amount of work that I have to do. Mm -hmm. So this is like where you go first. This is where you go before you <clears throat> hire another technician. So if there yeah. happens to be like any trades people listening and like you're, I don't know, a plumber, don't hire another plumber first. Hire someone to do the work that you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. That's always a conversation I have whenever I have a discovery call and someone's, oh, well, you know, I need help, but like, I don't know what I need help with. There's just, I've got too much going on. And I always tell them to make a list of the tasks mm -hmm. that you hate doing and mm -hmm. the tasks that you don't physically need to do yourself. Yeah. Once you have that list, that's kind of where we start. That's our starting point. Because then if you end up, like you said, like you hire another technician, what's going to happen is you're not going to be a photographer anymore. Now you're going to be yeah. managing your photography business and that's going to yeah. be what takes up all of your time versus doing the thing that you started your business so that you could do mm -hmm. which is wild yeah so yeah do that mm -hmm. <laughs> and sorry you know before you grow <laughs> well yeah and you know what the mm -hmm. the byproduct of that is you and i have talked about this frequently don't be checking your email when you're at home and supposed to be like not working mm -hmm. when you're not getting paid and you're supposed mm -hmm. to be spending time with your family. Guess what you can do if you hire a virtual assistant rather than hiring another person who does the same thing that you do. You can yep. not answer your emails while you're at home because you exactly. won't have to handle your emails and you'll have fewer emails than if you hire another person who does exactly what you do and you're going to yep. double your workload. <laughs> For sure. Um, there's a lot more good stuff in there. Um, so read it. Okay, awesome. <clears throat> I also have a few books here. So Happiness by Matthew Ricard and Gratefulness 
by Brother David Steinrast. I just did not pronounce his name properly. Um, those are really good. Matthew Ricard is a Buddhist monk. Um, David Steinrast is a Benedictine monk. Um, they're both just brilliant, so any content that you can get from them, check it out. I also have, this is day one on this list. It's a book on leadership. Um, it's by Drew Dudley, and Drew Dudley is awesome. Um, not just because I know him, but also because he's just awesome. He, if you want to get a good overview of what he does and what he stands for, check out his TED Talk on YouTube, which is Lollipop Moments. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Um, and so the book is about leadership, like how to lead in a way that actually matters, not how to stand at the front mm -hmm. of a room and be the leader, yeah. but how to like, you know, actually lead people <laughs> mm -hmm. or how to be a leader. Because one of his things is that everyone is a leader, not just the people who stand at the front of the room. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I really like about this book is he really put a lot of effort into making it a practical guide. So there's a lot of work that you'll do if you actually do the work in the book where you'll spend like a week, just every step you take thinking about what you value in life, writing things down, and you're going to come up with your list of like your fundamental values, um, which is super important to figure out, because mm -hmm. that's going to guide how you should live your life. So if you do nothing and read none of the books <laughs> from this show, spend a week thinking about what your values in life are so that yeah. you can write them down and live according to your values because that'll make your life a lot happier. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I think that's awesome. I think there's so much of our lives that gets caught up in just like getting through the day or getting to that next milestone or, you know, meeting the status quo, as opposed to like having like sitting down, having that inner conversation of like, what am I actually looking to get out of my life? And how do I make that work for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, let's face it. We can live our lives however the heck we want these days. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason, we seem to be confused about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We have to answer text messages immediately and we have to work nine to five and mm -hmm. we have to have a job at all. I've, I mean, it definitely makes life easier in this society, but you don't actually <laughs> yeah. have to work. Um, there's a lot that you can people, do. Yeah. Yep. There's people who choose to be houseless is that what the term is these days i think that is the term these days now i don't want anyone to rip my head off i did not say that everyone who is houseless chooses, <laughs> chooses to be it so. no that is not what i said <laughs> but there are some people that there do. are some yes there are some yes. <laughs> and people by the way we look at these people like they're absolutely batshit crazy right of course There's a guy that kevin thinks is just fantastic who lives in bc in a bus in the woods and he spends his entire life just running um he's like 70 something years old and he runs like a flippin yeah. maniac um and he just does his thing doesn't i don't think he has a phone like and people will think that's absolutely insane dude's like in his 70s running like some crazy like ultra marathons like i think he's doing fine 
he seems fine. Yeah, he's living his best life. That yeah. Okay, that's funny that you say BC in a bus because my story was literally going to be BC in a van. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so six. How long have I been with Axel? Six, seven years ago. Now he was because he used to build ski lifts um, before oh. he went back to welding. So super random. Didn't know. I assume they just like spread it from the ground. Never really put much thought into how they got there. Right. So <laughs> um, our first like full year together, he went out to BC for the summer. And by summer, I mean like five, six months of the year to mm-hmm. install this huge ski lift at this back woods ski resort in bc mm-hmm. um and not like whistler like i'm talking like washington border very much inland like f- six hours south of Kelowna. so he was staying in this tiny little like i don't even think it's a map dot town mm-hmm. called weimer and okay. when i went to go visit him for a week um of course prime wildfire season when i went out super smoky um and where he was he was kind of like in the bottom of all the ski mountains so it was very like definitely made you feel your place in the world like it felt very small there i've never seen anything like it is it was crazy so um this tiny little town of like i don't know 30 people that they've (laughs) they put him up in and this river ran through the weimar river ran through the town and on the sign when you drive into the town it's the town of the dogs because everyone just lets their dog out for the day and the dogs roam free like we were sitting having dinner one day in the apartment he was in and this dog just like came in and hung out with us <laughs> was well, super already random then. so yeah <laughs> gives you a little paint paint the picture there's like a general store and then that's it until you go to the town 30 minutes away <laughs> so down by the weimar river there was like four or five like VW vans and people just mm-hmm. living out of their vans and like living their best life. They're bathing in the crystal clear mountain river. They're like going for walks. They're going yeah. to the the general store and getting their like fresh produce and like, mm-hmm. you know, who I don't know how they're even paying for their fresh produce, but it was just like a normal a normal thing and no yep. big deal. And then we go 20 minutes over to the like the city of Nelson mm-hmm. and super cute little town. Um, lots of really good food, probably the best margaritas I've actually had. And uh, probably cause it was like a personal picture for the table and it yeah. was mostly tequila. So <laughs> that was, that was great. Um, but just such a different lifestyle out there mm-hmm. too. And yeah, live, live in the van life. So yeah, it's different. Yeah. And we look at people who do that, like they're nuts, but like, yeah, I think it's, kind of crazy to like live in a city with smog every day and like you can't actually yeah. get fresh oxygen and then you have <laughs> no actual control whatever. over what you do each day i know mm-hmm. like which is super depressing oh man that kind of makes me feel like we're all a bunch of like grown-up <laughs> children we're like we need yeah it's true day. though <laughs> damn it i know i'm an adult um <laughs> um I have one more, and it's The okay. Pink Tax by Janine Rogan, Ooh. Who, who's Canadian, by the way. Awesome. Canadian female author. Pink Tax is awful, and mm-hmm. I no longer buy my Nivea for Women face cream. I buy the Nivea for Men face cream because I get three times the amount for a quarter of the price. Yep. It's so, ridiculous. Yeah. So, wild. for anyone who was not familiar the pink tax is basically the expense that women 
have to deal with just because we're women, just because. And so she actually got into like the products that we buy less mm-hmm. than the other stuff. So like she she mentioned it like, yeah, they'll like jack up the price on women's stuff because we're going to pay it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a real thing. And like, don't even get me started on menstrual products because yes. men never have to use that unless they're no. stealing it from their wife to plug a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, she talked a lot about the wage gap, which from what I remember of the book is sitting at about women make about 83% of what men make. Yeah. Apparently that's where we're still at. And I forget what the, what the estimate was, but something like it'll take us 800 years to close the wage gap at the rate that we're going. slow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's wackadoodle. She also gets into everything having to do with maternity leave, parental leave, the fact that women like lose out on opportunities Mm -hmm. um, at work while they're away from work, doing the number one most important thing for humankind. (laughs) Yeah. And then also about how women are generally women generally think that they are not good with money. They're not good with numbers that we invest less. Um, <clears throat> which I gather is also kind of comical because apparently when we do invest, we do better than men. So take that. But um, we all assume that we're not good with, <laughs> not all of us, again, going to have to get over Bum-bum. this whole using absolutes thing. Um, <laughs> we, we generally believe that we're not good with money. And so we don't invest and lose out on that sort of yeah. thing. So... Um, and there's some practical, useful stuff in that book, so I highly recommend that people check that out. Um, and I'm, I'm I want to have her on the podcast. I'm going to try to figure out how to make that happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that money comparison because I feel like the majority of the households that I know, like especially couples with with kids or or that have been together for lengths of time, it's generally the woman that does the budgeting and physically pays the bills and Mm -hmm. does the grocery shopping and plans for how much they can spend on birthday presents and gifts to families and in-laws and you know how much money do we have left over if we want to do donations or how much is our trip going to affect our bottom line like it's not the man that does those things in a household it's the woman which is yeah kind of hysterical when you think that oh but women are so bad with money oh okay (laughs) well and she kept she kept calling it unpaid work yeah at home and i was like i've never really thought about that part like i've definitely thought about the part where like you know one parent comes home and is exhausted after a day of work yeah yes understand get that I'm sure that the other parent who was at home taking care of the kids and cleaning up is also tired and would like a break at the end of yes. the day. Um, but actually got into like the um, amount of work that women do, like if they got paid for it, is like they'd be making like hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in their lifetime that they are not yeah, making. Because they're not making. They're not getting paid. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, I saw maybe five years ago, so the number I'm sure is skewed because of the crazy inflation the last few years, but it was basically if you took every job that a stay-at-home mom does 
and put a salary to it, mm-hmm. she'd be making more than like the highest paying CEO because <laughs> you're doing chauffeur and laundry and mm-hmm. housekeeping and personal chef and administrative assistant for the house and appointment yeah. planning and childcare and all like all the and, 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 ands that get done. But then, you know, kids will go to school and she'll go to put a resume in and she has a gap on her resume. Yeah. And, oh, you don't have any work relevant work experience. Yeah. Well, Which is actually, because she's actually run an entire corporation for 10 years. I know, years. I was going to say, <laughs> I've been running a very successful business. Thank you very much. Yeah. Nego- <laughs> negotiating with terrorists on a regular basis. Every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they are stubborn, let me tell you. <laughs> they are, yes. Oh, and they man. don't have the same communication skills. <laughs> Poor kids. Poor kids. Oh, man. Um, did you end up coming up with any other books that you'd like to add to our list? Um, I did not. I don't think. Cool. I No, I think that's it for me. Okay. Well, I have a couple of um, ridiculously happy moments that have been so, so awesome. <laughs> Ooh, yay. So the first one's from Becky Waples from awesome. Small Towns big dreams podcast um and hers is family christmases and seeing her kids love their extended family so much oh that's nice that's she's great becky's great go listen to her podcast it's very good and also i'm gonna be on it shortly yay and you're also supposed to talk to her yeah i i emailed her back and i connected (laughs) that i'm offline as of friday so we'll see what we can get sorted before then but in the new year i'm very excited so yay okay excellent (laughs) (laughs) the second one is from my mother and she says that her ridiculously happy moment is me so yeah my mom is very sweet i I know Every time I post these things, she's like, you, you made me ridiculously happy. Oh, that's lovely. mom. (laughs) What about you, Nikki? What is your ridiculously happy moment? Okay, I have like a piggyback twofer because they happen in the same day. And because of that the is same reason. So perfect. Okay. So last week I had an ultrasound, which was to confirm what we already knew that is having a boy and also to do a proper anatomy measurements because I, they booked me in too early. So the, the measurements were skewed for the age. Um, so baby's measuring a week early, which is, or a week ahead, which is awesome because he feels very big. So that makes sense. Um, and I took Evelyn with me to the ultrasound. Okay. So Addie spent the day with my sister-in-law and two nephews who are two and one. And so they had a fun filled afternoon. Um, so we're in the ultrasound room and the text going through and she's talking to Evelyn and telling oh look, there's the baby and Evelyn's like super jazzed because she's heard the baby on the Doppler at home and she like yeah. has wrapped her head around the fact that there's a baby inside of me but like okay. she doesn't she's never obviously physically seen it so we're in the ultrasound and she's like that's that's my baby and she's like very confused about this that's cute. so then the tech tells her that oh you're gonna have a baby brother she's mm, no i have a girl please 
cute. <laughs> so we've been we've been working on it over the last last few days, and she understands now. It is a boy. It's not a girl. It's a boy inside my tummy, <laughs> and we've pretty well already picked the name. So she's running around telling everybody her baby brother's name. So she's very excited now. So. That's awesome. And then the secondary moment was then when we stopped off to pick up Addie. We had a little play date, so it was just nice seeing um, my girls and their cousins playing together like maniacs, of course. Mm-hmm. But because they're so close in age, it's it's just great that they can run around and be maniacs together. And they only live mm-hmm. 15 minutes from us, which is really nice, too. So, that is yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they get to socialize. Exactly. And then they keep themselves busy. So we don't, my, my sister-in-law and I can like have a conversation for five minutes, which is nice. So. Right. Oh, right. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. yeah it's You're super definitely fun. having a boy. Okay. Definitely having a boy. It was very obvious. So. <laughs> was it the fork? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she got a good like under the bum picture and she's like okay there we go two there one in the middle oh. perfect i'm like wonderful works for us that's awesome that's really good it was good yeah oh my God, I somehow managed to fling spit all the way at my mom <laughs> right <laughs> that's good congratulations thank you very much i can't wait to see all actual pictures yeah, real life baby pictures, not just creepy <laughs> ultrasound. They always do one face on, and it's just the the skull, and it's like, and like so squish. so creepy. Yeah, <laughs> and like oh, we'll put that on the USB. I'm like I don't need that one. Like that <laughs> looks like there's a that's, jackal inside me. I'm good. <laughs> that's not how I want to think of my baby. <laughs> no, no, just give me the side the side view with the chubby cheek and the little nose. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's so cute. <laughs> so uh, mine and. There's a little bit of a story here that does not sound ridiculously happy, so okay. bear with me. Okay. Um, I listened to Savage Love Cast by Dan Savage, and everyone should go listen to that. Um, he is... He's had Savage Love, a column, for a long time. Savage Love Cast for a long time. And at the top of his... So he's a journalist, but he does a lot of... Um, like sex and relationship advice. So that's mm-hmm. what his column is and his podcast. But at the top of each of his Savage Love cast shows, he talks about a political issue that's going on. And usually they get me really fired up because they're upsetting. <laughs> You're just like. <gasps> oh, oh, she Evelyn? left. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so usually his rants at the top of the show get me quite fired up because they're generally religion-based, Republican-based, um, conservative-based. So last week at the top of the show, he was talking about the Italian prime minister, um, and her government has rescinded birth birth certificates for same-sex couples who have adopted children. Okay. Or through had children through surrogacy, right? Um, and now they're looking at making surrogacy abroad illegal, um, and backdating it so that people who did surrogacy abroad mm-hmm. and now have children can be arrested and have their kids taken away from them. Jeez. Um, so obviously, this issue affects 
the LGBTQ community. Yeah, heavily. Mm -hmm. Primarily. Not everyone, obviously, but, like, that's a good portion of that population. The majority, so, the majority, yeah. So that irritated me. So I took a clip of it. I made a reel. I stuck it on my weddings Instagram, which is Ridiculously Happy Brides. Mm -hmm. And I tagged Dan Savage in it. And Dan Savage accepted the tag. So it's now sitting on his profile. And it's up to over 74,000 views. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and when I checked last, it was almost 1,500 likes. That's um, awesome. So it's been interesting to, like, read the comments because there's been some political fighting of back course. and forth. Not a ton, but a little bit of anger flinging um yeah someone said something about my stupid face so that was interesting but none of that has bothered me at all <laughs> oh people i found it kind of entertaining but mostly i'm happy that it's people are talking about it apparently there was a lot yeah. of people who didn't know about it yeah because a lot of the comments are like thank you for sharing this i didn't know yeah so i'm like yeah yeah and a lot of italian That's people cool. being like thanks thank you for like sharing that because there's a couple of <laughs> there's been a lot of comments in italian and i have not read most of them because i'm just not gonna <laughs> translate them all. translate all of them but there's been a couple of italian people like post thank you so much then there's been a couple of italian people be like well she's not that bad and then the responses back have been like what country are you living in <laughs> so, yeah 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 it's interesting yeah you know like the like super interesting happiest happy moment but yeah i'm glad that people are seeing it spreading awareness which about i it. think is a good thing yeah regardless yes mm -hmm. for sure and now all of you know about it exactly so, gotta share that shit yeah yeah we do it's not cool it's a lot of no. kids who can potentially lose their parents and a lot of parents who can potentially end up in jail and yeah and then like where do those <clears throat> poor kids go like they're gonna end up in foster homes and god knows what happens to them like it's just yep that's awful they're gonna yep. end up traumatized because they're being removed from their parents mm -hmm. so yeah ridiculous stuff but anyway mm -hmm. and happier news where can people find you nikki <laughs> um i am online uh www.thevasolution.com talking too fast today i'm also on facebook and instagram at the ava solution and i can be reached through email but after friday you won't hear from me at nikki <laughs> at the ava solution.com it's awesome i love how like <laughs> i remember at one point the www just turned into people being like ww like that's it w it wasn't like www dot <laughs> like you used to have to say www dot and then it was just ww and then they just went <laughs> just move <Yeah>. on <laughs> w yeah w <laughs> and i'm sophia 11 and i photograph ridiculously happy people and you can find me on instagram at ridiculously happy people and that's ppl or if you want to see my reel <clears throat> Or hear it i do very very little talking um, that's at ridiculously happy brides you can also find me on facebook and on pinterest and at sophia11.com if you want your ridiculously happy moment shared on the podcast go to happyp.pl slash moment to record it or you can watch for the prompts on social media like my mother does and just tells me that i make her ridiculously happy all the time 
which is nice. Thank you, Mom. Um, <laughs> and thank you for sharing, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast because doing that helps us connect with more people um, and also helps us figure out what you want to hear. So that's great. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.